So a person, and we all know someone that this has happened to, right? A person says, I'm not losing any weight, but I'm losing massive inches. That's body recomp, okay? You're building muscle at the same time as you are losing fat and your body is recompositioning so you can be losing inches in areas where it's obviously going to be fat stores, but you are also simultaneously building muscle, which also has a weight on the scale. So you might not be losing weight, but you are losing inches. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and bad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Kelsey. Hi Kelsey, I'm Rachel. Hi Rachel. Look at you in your blanket. Yeah, it's a it's a huggle. <laughs> a huggle? It's a huggle. It's like a giant blanket that you get to wear around. So like maybe like better than a robe because you don't have to worry about it coming undone. <laughs> oh, okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's pretty cold in my house because I don't have heat right now. So you come back from Miami and you're like, oh man, it's so cold here in Massachusetts. It was like 10 degrees when I got back. And then a couple days goes by and then your heat breaks and you're like, what? Why do I live here? (laughs) Now this is just offensive. This is just offensive. Like it hurts. And you know what is the other nice thing? You don't have to, you don't have to slip. Because there's always a breeze coming up that slit. Really? I feel like that's the problem with robes is that there always ends up being a breeze. And if you're like doing a lot of things, so like, I don't know, most people clean their house in their robes, right? Or is that just a me thing? (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a sitcom thing. It's like they have their robes in, they have their robe on, fuzzy slippers. But you're moving a lot when you're cleaning, like you're reaching, and then it slowly comes undone, and then there's a breeze, and then it's getting caught on things. But with your huggle, we're not sponsored by huggle. We are not. It sounds like we are. I notice you also have a hood on that thing. Yeah, I'm saying I wear it to take Harley for a walk sometimes too. Because it's just so damn cold. <laughs> yeah, I don't even care. No, no. I don't. No. I give zero fucks. I don't I'm care. I'm going to tell you that I'm not. Huggle would not sponsor that. Nobody <laughs> should be outside in public wearing a wearable blanket. That's not. A line. <laughs> yeah, but you have more exciting things happening today than my broken heat. Rachel's going to get her hair cut today. And a couple things I want to lead with that. Number one, Rachel and I are sisters. <laughs> it has nothing to do with her haircut. But let me just tell you, for the last 30-ish years, no, for the last 15 years, every time she gets her haircut, like she comes out, if she doesn't get it blow-dried, she thinks she looks like a mushroom. <laughs> no, no. It's when I only get it blow dried. I only get it blow dried. Yeah. Because they blow dry it with the round brush. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> if they don't style it, 
then it's just like an atomic bomb. It's just like a mushroom cloud. It's, like, it's not a good shape because <laughs> yeah. I have a bob. Here's the thing. My girl Katie always does a wonderful job styling my hair, but I don't always have the time that Katie needs. <laughs> to make her masterpiece. Yeah. And so I'm like watching the time click by. And I'm, if I get, if I start to get impatient, I just go, you know what? It's okay. That's okay. I'll just, uh, it's dry. It's it's good. I'll go. And yeah. then I end up always in a cloud of regret in my, mush, my mushroom hair driving home. Like, because if I? you just gave her 15 more minutes, you wouldn't have to worry about the mushroom for the rest of the day. I'm going to be patient today. I'm going to let her finish styling it. But I will say that every single time I've gone in there, she is like been shocked over because like I have like set appointments like every eight weeks. And she's like, why is your hair growing at this rate? Like it's absurd that we're cutting off three inches every eight weeks. Like why, what, what is happening? What are you doing? And I'm pretty um, sure that it's because um, I started like taking collagen on a re regular basis. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, so here's the pros and cons, <laughs> like real talk, pros and cons of taking collagen, your nails, <laughs> if your nutrition, if your baseline nutrition is good, your nails and your hair just end up growing really fast. So like same, same. I'm like, why do I have to get my nails done already? Because I keep my nails super short because I'm lifting all the time. And if I don't, I end up like scratching myself. And then I'm like, why and my hook grip starts to hurt? You know what I mean? Like it's just digging into the rest of my hand. And then I'm like, I, I used to be fine with definitely every two weeks, even longer than that. Cause I was like, okay. And then I'm like, it's not even like the polish isn't even ready, but these are too long. No, I'm starting to, I am saying, I'm starting to get annoyed a little bit. <laughs> I used to get like a solid four weeks where like my hair would look good from when I just got it cut. Like it would be like, yes, the layers are correct. Everything's right. It's the good length. And now I'm getting like two weeks before <laughs> I'm like, well, it's grown out now. Yeah. Life of a bob. Yeah. It's like getting weird. And then it gets to be the triangle because the layers grow out. And then I'm like, uh, like, I don't want to spend the majority of my time waiting for my next cut. I want to spend the majority of my time like being like, yeah. So I think I'm going to cut it a little shorter today just to like account for it. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, because I'm like, I want more time where I actually like the length yeah. how it is. Yeah. Well, I love your little bub. I mean, I don't think it ever looks bad when it grows out. I think it looks great on both. Like today, I'm like, oh, your hair looks so cute. No, it's a triangle. It's like, a, and people know this that have short hair. Like when your layers grow out, like it, it starts to be like a shape where you're like, I think there was like a lady on The Simpsons. And I'm always like, I'm why am I... <laughs> yeah, there was like an aunt the, You know the smoking aunts Yes <laughs> Hey Those aunts they, yeah, I start looking like the one with the triangle hair And I'm like, I gotta get I can't do this But I am I did want to say a, a small You know, obviously we have Our collagen products glow up Which is um, what I'm taking And I did want to say You know, a short thing For anybody who is kind of like, well, what do you mean, Kelsey and Rachel? Like you said, no supplements and isn't collagen like a supplement and stuff like that. And I just wanted to be clear because I don't want our messaging to be misconstrued in any way. 
Like when we are talking about supplements that you need to look out for, we're talking about supplements that are like pre-workouts and proteins and things that have added sugars. <laughs> well, things that have added ingredients that are that could be considered counterproductive for the thing that you're trying to provide, right? Like when we're looking at supplementing, we're always, always of the opinion that the best way to get any any nutrient is from food. Like that's your number one top way. Whether we're talking about protein, whether we're talking about collagen, whether it doesn't really matter. Your top way is always going to be food. But there are going to be certain things that you may be deficient in depending on your particular diet. I don't eat a lot of animal products. So I think that particularly I have a difficult time with getting enough collagen. And when you are, when we're talking about supplements and when we're talking about being conscious of what's in them and looking at the back and making sure that you feel comfortable with if you're wanting protein, but you're also getting sucralose and, you know, all kinds of other products that you didn't want. When you're looking at the back of our collagen, there's only one ingredient. Mm. Mm-hmm. Always. So I just want people to be very clear on the message that there are going to be certain things that you're just not going to be able to get enough of from your diet. We talked when we talked about postmenopausal women and how much protein they need, like on average, like two times more than you need when you're younger. You know, there are going to be certain things that you just are not able to get from food, but that should always be your go to food. And if you find that you need to supplement, just be conscious of the ingredients. We don't want to be taking in a whole bunch of other shit when really all we want is collagen. Mm. Yeah. And we did a whole episode on that. So it's, if you want to hear more on that, we did a, an entire supplements episode. You can listen back to that one, but it's a really great one, but it's not what we're talking about today. Well, I'm sorry. I know. I just wanted to say that. (laughs) I do have a really important, awesome topic that we're going to talk about today. That is one of the questions that we get the most often. And it's, can you build muscle and lose fat at the same time? I think this is probably either one or two of the most common questions that I get from people who are just starting out their fitness journey. I want to highlight the importance of this question yes, in particular, because I think that not, not only is there so much misinformation on this particular topic, but also I think it's one of the things that people kind of get stuck on where they get muddied down in the research rather than kind of dropping all that and getting to work with the things that they know are effective where we're stuck kind of arguing over this, where we could be getting to work. I love that you said that because during this episode, we are going to explain a little bit in like layman's digestible terms of what's happening with your body. But I want you to first understand that when you're asking this question and we're spending a lot of time like researching it and finding out like, you know, where your caloric intake is, like what kind of muscle fibers you're building during that time. Are they also laying fat fibers down? Like what's going on? And we're spending all this time like 
researching what is specifically happening when we already have a formula that can just kind of like sift through all of that. And I understand that like this space has been like so much information out there and a lot of people talking about this and arguing about it, but like regardless, (laughs) we know what works. So instead of kind of arguing about which numbers go where and like at what point you start building muscle, what point you start losing fat, at what point do you start like building and then cutting and and coming down to these like fine nuances of nutrition. If you're someone who is starting your fitness journey and actually looking to A, improve your health and B, adjust your body composition, I have an exact formula for you. So we we can t- we're going to talk about this, but we're going to talk about how to do those two things. Yeah, and there is so much of a thing as TMI. You know what I mean? Like we yeah, don't need yeah. real talk. We do not need to go to the dentist and know the names of each one of the teeth and all this, like in order to be successful. We need to go to the dentist and the dentist needs to say like, hey, we have a really great formula. It's called brush and floss your teeth. Mm-hmm. And then you leave going like, well, I'm not doing the flossing. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> oh, is that just me? <laughs> oh, I floss multiple times a week. I, I literally hate you. You would. I'm sure it's wonderful. You're doing all the right things. Aren't you great? No, because I think I have, I don't know. I have a thing with my teeth. <laughs> I don't think you need to know the nuances of every single reason why you do these things or how your body is functioning at any one time to, to understand that there are just things that are universally accepted as healthy. I think that so much of this, can you build muscle and fat and lose fat at the same time is so, it's a stopper. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to say that. Yeah. It is because it is because there's a point where it's TMI and it's so overwhelming and it, and it, it's, it changes everything that you kind of know, like in your, all of your life has led you to this point where you're like, if I exercise on a regular basis and eat a well-rounded nutrient dense diet, I know that that looks like it translates to a healthy looking human being, but we throw all that out and we're like, let me just over research this and then get overwhelmed. And then we just end up like not even, yeah, we're frozen. Yeah. Well, here's the problem with a lot of this is that there has been some really damaging messaging out there that has confused a lot of people. For example, lifting makes you bulky. That has been, and we know it's not true. Like I'm going to talk about that because like I have to get it out and I have to like put it into the universe to like fully put a stamp in that. But (laughs) I think that when it comes to deciding what our nutrition is going to look like, what our training schedule is going to look like, how we're going to encompass health, like, you know, put health in as a main priority in our life. And also how we're going to have good relationships, have enough water intake, get enough sleep. There's like so much that we're thinking about all the time that to add something like this in is just like when you break it down, like it's just ridiculous. Too much. (laughs) I always, when someone asks, asks this, this question, can I build muscle at the same time I'm losing fat? The first thing that I always ask them is, can you tell me why you're asking this? Because there is an answer and there are, you know, there's nuances that we can talk about. 
But I want, because if, if your answer on why you're asking this or why you're wondering this is surrounding dieting versus working out coming first in your plan. Mm. Like, because this is a lot of the reason why people ask because they're wondering should they diet and try to lose fat before they start exercising because you can't do these things simultaneously so which one comes first because if you can't build muscle and lose fat at the same time one of them should be done first right and so i think that a lot of people are trying to plan, okay, I got to get my plan of attack here. Should I go on a caloric deficit, no working out, get to a lower body fat percentage and then start working out? Is that how I should do it? Uh, no, not today, not ever, not at all. No. <laughs> not tomorrow. <laughs> no. You do not need to lose fat through dieting alone before you start exercising. This is a major misconception. It's a progress killer when it comes to someone who's trying to improve their health. And I do not want people to use the like building muscle, losing fat, not happening simultaneously, or if, they, if that's what they're asking. I don't want them to use that as a reason to put off exercising as a, a means to first, I, first I got to lose fat through dieting. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think one of the most things that like I want to drill into everyone's head is that nutrition or exercise, there is neither one is superior to the other. And the fact that we speak about them as they are separate entities that don't work together is absurd. Okay. Absurd. Nutrition and how you perform in the gym is a direct result of your nutrition. What you crave after you work out, what you crave during the day is a direct result of the work that you're putting in, in the gym. So those two things are only working together. Like we have, we have to understand that they are not separate. They don't have like one abs are made in the kitchen. Nutrition's more important to fat loss than exercises. Absolutely not. They are only working together. And as soon as you start separating them into this is what loses or gains fat and this is what loses or gains muscle is crazy town because that's not how it works. If your nutrition is shit and you're like crushing in the gym, you're, mu you're not going to have the muscle gains that you are hoping to get. If you are, or the other way around, if you're crushing it with your nutrition and all of your exercise is like, it's non-existent or it's shit, you're still not going to have the results that you're looking for. They're only working together. I always want to remind people when we're talking about the human body and we're talking about how things work, that there are so many systems at play that are all working together and never, ever independently, that whenever you try to break down the nuances of why the human body is the way it is, what it, how it functions, how it performs the tasks that it performs, if you're ever talking about one thing in a vacuum and acting as if it only is doing something like completely by itself and there aren't uh, so many other factors that are involved in affecting it we you there is a hundred percent chance that i am going to accuse you of not understanding the human body because <laughs> so you know furthermore when it comes to 
how we metabolize food, what your metabolism does when it's not in the gym, how you burn fat when you are not directly exercising and in using energy stores in the form of calories. When we are talking about metabolism, we know, we know this, that the more muscle you have, the higher your rate of metabolizing is. So the more you move, the more demands you put on your metabolism and the harder it's going to work. So when we talk about people that are just starting out and saying, okay, the first thing I'm going to do is go in a major caloric deficit and I'm not going to move. I'm just going to put exercise off until I've lost a significant amount of fat. What is happening there is you are putting your metabolism under a tremendous amount of stress, but you are not building it back up to be able to rev up and burn at the rate that you want. Essentially, you don't want to have to keep lowering your calories and lowering your calories and lowering your calories when you have metabolic adaptation, which we know is a thing and occurs. Instead, we want to be revving up that metabolism so it's using more calories throughout the day. And that's done through building muscle and moving. Yeah. I almost want to like change just because this is such a like negative word when we talk about like calories, like let's just even like change calories to just like talking about them as your energy source. Because if you want something to grow, you have to like water it, you have to feed it. Right. So if you're looking for muscle to grow, the only way that that's going to happen is through your energy source. You don't just like hope a plant grows outside and give it no energy. Right. So like the energy source that's coming in is your calories. So if you want anything to grow, it needs, it needs the calories. So it needs your energy source. So when we kind of like think about that and like working with your metabolism and where your energy sources are coming from, your energy sources, where they're coming from are more important than just blanket energy, right? Like then just like throwing anything at it. So we can, we can throw, we can throw soda at a plant, but it's not going to, you know, have the same effect as water will, right? Because we want something to grow. We're going to need to choose our energy, energy sources effectively, but they need to be coming in. We don't just decrease our energy sources and then at the same time, hope something grows. So that's a really great point. And I think the other reason why someone would ask this question, right? Because the question is, can I build muscle and lose fat at the same time? Because what I've been told is I need to be in a caloric deficit in order to lose weight or to lose fat. But I have to be, but I also was told I have to be in a caloric surplus to gain muscle. So I can't do them simultaneously. So I have to do one before the other. So which one do I do first? And the fact is, am I saying the fact is a lot, Kels? Nah, you're good. Okay, I think that was only the second time. All right. Okay. I'm going to stop at two because I know when, what was the other word that I was stuck on the other last week? Um, oh man, what was it? Incomprehensible? What was I, what was I no, stuck on? No, it, it was... Uh, I want to say it was evolution, but it wasn't. 
I uh, guess I'll think of it. words or phrases, and then I'm like, oh my yeah. god, any time. Okay, so I'm not. So I'm done with the fact is, but yeah. this is that's you know what? It's like when I get passionate and I, I get fired up, then I go yeah. like, all right, so here. All I right, am. yeah. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me sit you down. So, but really, and this is just from a place of love. But really, that what that's doing is the whole thing of like, I have to be in a caloric deficit to lose fat, but I have to be in a surplus to gain muscle. So those can't possibly happen simultaneously. Again, you are putting the systems of your body in a complete vacuum and acting as if they only operate independently. And that is never going to work. That equation is not relevant. You can say one thing happens by X, Y, or Z. But if you're not factoring in all of the other things that are simultaneously happening in your body, you're telling one very small piece of a story and then acting as if you read the whole thing. You're, you're reading one chapter and acting as if you read the book. Absolutely. So here's what I want to say with regards to the correct formula as far as caloric allowances when we're talking about losing fat versus gaining muscle. Okay, the thing we need to talk about here is there is such a thing called body recomp. And what this is essentially is losing fat and building muscle simultaneously at the same time. Because it's amazing that the human body has figured this out somehow how to do this because it's very complex. So... When we're talking about body recomp, the best way that I can describe what's happening to somebody is maybe you are a person where you say, okay, I'm not going to measure my progress on the scale anymore. I'm going to take progress photos or I'm going to use a yarn measurements. Okay, right? So a person, and we all know someone that this has happened to, right? A person says, I'm not losing any weight but I'm losing massive inches. That's body recomp, okay? You're building muscle at the same time as you are losing fat and your body is recompositioning to a different, so you can be losing inches in areas where it's obviously going to be fat stores, but you are also simultaneously building muscle, which also has a weight on the scale. So you might not be losing weight, but you are losing inches. And that is, I, I think, the number one proof that you can lose fat and gain muscle at the same time. And that in fact, it isn't that complex or hard to do. You don't have to be like an amazingly trained nutritionist who is has everything perfectly done. Because like Aunt Suzanne is like, hey, I weigh the same, but I my yarn's gone down a lot because I've been going to the gym and trying to eat right. Mm. Yeah, I think that people, I think that in general, people under or have seen and kind of can understand body recomposition. And I think that when we're starting out our fitness journey, we're new to identifying a body recomp and identifying that maybe that's more of what we're looking for than to just see a number go down. So I think that the one of the main things that I like to bring up is that there are many ways to achieve something, right? So if you are just saying like, I'm just trying to 
lose body fat. There's many ways that that can look and through a calorie deficit, is that possible? Yes, 100%. Is that the only way? Absolutely not. Like, I, I just want to say like, there are several ways to get to an end result that we're looking for and just losing body fat without re a body recomp is probably not the results you're looking for and is not putting health as your one of your main focuses. And I think that the problem with that is, is that when we just look at like a severe caloric deficit and we just look at, okay, well, I, I achieved this and I lost some body fat. What's going to happen there is number one, it's not sustainable. Your body has not adapted to what your calories in versus calorie out and what your like expenditure of your energy is. So you have not at the same time increased what your body needs to sustain, right? So like if you are lifting weights at the same time as you are adjusting some of your nutrition, if you're making some changes in the gym, you're developing some more muscle mass, your metabolic rate is higher. Therefore, when you start to look at your nutrition, it doesn't have to continuously be lower and lower and lower so that you are just like getting into a lower caloric deficit that eventually you are unable to maintain. So <laughs> I hope I explained that well, because it's a really important point to where like in, in one scenario, if we just went to the caloric deficit and you just say like lower, lower, lower to a point where you no longer can go any lower and maintain, where on the other scenario, we've looked looked at how we're going to demand that our body expend more energy just by existing. So what I mean by that is you're, I'm expending a lot of energy right now just by like talking to you in the podcast. My hands are moving. I'm like passionate about this. I'm ready to go. But <laughs> other than that, I maintain a pretty significant amount of muscle mass. Therefore, my resting metabolic rate is higher. I need to take in more energy stores because I am expending more. Those muscles are hungry. They're they, so hungry. <laughs> 24 hours a day. They never stop eating. The only way that those muscles will eat less calories is if they decrease and get smaller. Then those calories will be, if you don't change them, will be floating around in excess and if they're not being eaten by the muscles, then they will turn into fat. That is body recomp in the opposite way. So it's a really important factor to know that when you are thinking about the way in which your body metabolizes these calories, just simply looking at the calories in, calories out, and not accounting for things like muscle mass, things like hormones, things like genetics. Genetics. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing to me that we want to achieve the same results, but not look at any of these factors that are absolutely going to come into play. Genetics, sex, <laughs> your, your hormones, your age, like all of these things are going to come into play when we look at the energy stores that you need per day. Well, you know, I started the podcast by saying, referring to the episode um, that the that we had on menopause and discussing how much more protein, for example, a woman needs after you know she hits a certain point in her menopausal journey. And like, how is that factored in when you're just saying it's just seco, it's just calories in, calories out, that's it, nothing else matters? Okay, but we just 
talked about how important one macronutrient became at a certain point in someone's you know, hormonal journey. And, but we're just going to say, yeah, but it's just calories in calories out. That's it. It's just a subtraction problem. That's the only thing that matters. That is just way oversimplifying an extremely complex issue. And again, when we're not looking at the amount of muscle mass that someone is carrying, you can, you, it's doing this as a simple calories in calories out equation is it's just not viable because you cannot account for how hungry and what those muscles are needing. And when we're trying to add muscle, right? Being in an extreme deficit is just not going to happen. Yeah. So I want to talk about building muscle for a minute because I think that it would be beneficial for you guys to understand just a little bit, not to get too sciencey, but just talking about building muscle for a little bit, because I think this is important for women to understand. So building muscle for women is extremely difficult. <laughs> it is extremely difficult. And like, just from like a statistics standpoint, like women in a 12 month period can gain about two pounds of muscle mass. That's in a, in a year, you can gain about two pounds of muscle mass. And that's, did you hear that? <laughs> like that's working like a dog. Too. That's working that's out. Cool. So like this, this is what like the data shows us. This is not just like my opinion, elite level athletes where like genetics is like top notch are only in the, like the only thing that I've ever seen was like a, a six pound. Like this, and this is people are training full time. So the fact they're just like absolute fact of like, am I going to get bulky by lifting weights? I'm sorry. I can't, I can't (laughs) always gets me. Am I going to get bulky when I'm lifting weights and changing my nutrition is an absolutely ridiculous thing to say because it is so hard to build actual muscle mass. Right. And the difference is, is like when you're looking at, when you're looking at building muscle or even maintaining muscle while decreasing your body fat, it's going to be very difficult even to maintain your muscle. So when you're thinking about like, I would like to change my body composition and how I'm going to do that is I'm just going to go into a caloric deficit. Now we're looking at not only are we going to lose body fat, we are absolutely 100% going to lose muscle mass if you are not going to also be lifting during that time. So what the suggestion is there is that if you are, if you're deciding to dial in your nutrition and you're going to decrease body fat, At the same time, maintaining the muscle that you have under there would be a great goal. It will help you in so many ways with your fat loss goals because, again, muscles are hungry and they use calorie expenditures that would normally be unused. So then you can have more of a caloric advantage when it comes to being able to eat more to sustain yourself because the muscles will eat the extra. And I, I'm like really, really glad that you brought up the bulky thing. I'm really glad also that, you know, you talked about how difficult it is to build muscle because 
when this is why this is one of the main reasons why we always say let's please not judge our progress in health on a scale only because here's the thing if you're in a huge caloric deficit and you're losing muscle at the same time as you're you're losing fat it's working counterintuitive to your long-term metabolic goals but on the scale it looks great Mm, because when you lose muscle you weigh less and you think that you're doing really great things for your body by saying, well, look, at I'm down 10 pounds. You don't know 10 pounds of what? And that's the problem with the scale. Because if it's, if it's a significant amount of muscle, long term, you're hurting yourself metabolically. Absolutely. I mean, that's why we, you know, when we talk about health and being in a caloric deficit, there are two very different conversations, honestly, that they, they just don't belong together. Because when we look at what your health is going to be long-term, developing healthy habits, developing a sustainable lifestyle, and looking at the overall health of your body, it does not look like just losing fat at a quick rate. That's not, that's just not what it looks like. So like we can, we can look at two avenues of how to improve your health that will last you long-term so that in six months, you're not looking at the next way that you can cut your calories to just like drop whatever amounts of weight. We can look at maintaining that muscle during that time, decreasing your body fat and putting your entire body, your metabolism included in a better place where you're able to sustain that type of lifestyle where you're not having to constantly go on these yo-yo diets of like, how far can we cut our calories this time? And then at the end of the day, say that it worked for fat loss. Yeah. And it's so tough because the formula here is time that mm. is the, the problem <laughs> for most people is that this takes time. Yes, you can cut calories and see results more quickly than you would if you went on a body recomp journey. Yeah, but let's talk about time for a second. Let's talk about that because how much time are you actually willing to put into this over the years to continue on this this like yo-yo like diet situation, right? Like over, like when we're actually looking at it, like peel back a little bit and think about how much time is wasted damaging your metabolism, decreasing your muscle mass, decreasing your muscle fibers and going on this journey of like, now I have more, more body fat. Now I have less body fat, but I have not improved my health in any way. Whereas like when we're, when we peel back on the other side, like we can stop that. And like now you're cutting off like years of like diet yo-yo. Yeah. And building a thing that is, that is there forever. I mean, I've had long stints after I had my son where I was not working out as much or my sessions weren't as productive. And the, it's a very interesting thing because now that I am on a little bit more of a journey where fitness has become coming more to the forefront and getting in the passenger seat rather than in the trunk. Now I am seeing that building back up my fitness this time is so much easier. It is so much easier than the initial time that I did it. 
And it's weird because like, I am so, I don't know what happened, but like all of the gains that I had from the initial time where I said like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm like 20 years old. I'm like, I'm not going on any more diets. I'm going to start working out and I'm going to do fitness. And like, since then, all of that muscle that I've built, very little of it has gone away. And every time that I come back to fitness and make it like a big part of my life again, that it's so easy to get back to where I was prior to that than it was the very first time of like, oh my God, I'm going to do back squat for the first time. Mm. And I just, I think that that's a really important thing for people to think when they think of this long term is that like, it doesn't have to be this road of huge losses and huge gains and then huge losses and then huge gains. You can maintain somewhere in the middle if you do it the right way and you give it enough time. And I just, I think that's another thing on the, on the bulky thing. Um, when you're talking about like newer people and they say like, well, geez, you know, I started lifting and I'm starting my body recomp journey, but I look a little puffier than I ever have. And that is just simply because you are building muscle over existing fat and your body hasn't had the enough time for that muscle to eat all of the excess calories that you might be taking in. And so it just hasn't had enough time. There might be an initial point where you say like, geez, I feel like, you know, I'm not losing any weight or I'm even gaining weight, but I'm doing everything right. I'm eating nutritious food and I'm moving every day. It's like, just give that a little more time. It, if you're, if you're judging anything before at least six months of consistency, there is nothing to even be talked about there because that is just not enough time. Well, I mean, I, I just hate, I, I think everyone knows how I feel about the scale, but I, I mean, I hate using that as a gauge at all, really, because like when you start doing things like making some changes in nutrition, making some changes in your hydration, and then you put that on and say like, well, how much do these changes weigh? And that is going to mean something like when your body is more hydrated, like it's going to have a significant difference when you start to make nutrition adjustments your body has to especially if they're kind of like more along the extreme like if you have been you know not eating any nutritious foods for a significant amount of time then you make some changes and you have more like fiber in your diet and your body's going to start getting used to what the nutrition demands are there's going to be an adjustment period in there and that doesn't mean you've gained any it doesn't mean you've gained muscle it doesn't mean you've gained fat it doesn't mean either of those things it means your body is in an adjustment period where it's deciding where are we going where are we laying muscle fibers where are we laying fat fibers where are we using this energy are we super hydrated and not used to this so like are we holding on to a little more are we holding on to a little more water in our body right now just to kind of level out these things are all very very normal when you're starting out your fitness journey and then they'll start to level out the more consistent you are when you're consistent with your nutrition and with your energy expenditure like what you're doing with your body i just i think that overall we know what we know right we know that eating a nutrients dense diet and getting some movement in every day 
especially in the form of strength training, is going to be extremely beneficial to our body. Trying to, for a layman, for anyone starting out, for anyone who doesn't do this for a profession, trying to set this caloric uh, deficit or surplus that is perfect conditions for doing one or the other of these things. Yeah. It's just, I'm sorry, it's TMI. You don't need it. You're not qualified. Well, it's being done. It's not being done correctly as well. Like there are so many of these just like calculators online that'll just be like, do you weigh this? And this is the amount of calories you need. Like that is wildly inappropriate. (laughs) I can't even explain to you how wildly inappropriate it is to put your body weight into a calculator online, your body weight and your age, and then it decides how many, what your energy expenditure is per day. Like that is wildly inappropriate. If you haven't gotten that from this podcast, then we have not done our job, first of all. Um, But the other thing is that I just wanted to mention when it comes to, you know, starting the gym versus you know, starting to work out versus if you've been doing it for a while and what muscle gains look like for those two different people. We've heard of newbie gains, right? Like, you know, you start out first in the gym and you are more likely to build muscle at a faster pace, especially if you've lived a sedentary lifestyle prior. So that's, that is what it is. Newbie gains are are things. So if you're someone, if you're in that category, like that is something that you absolutely can expect. If you're someone who has been lifting for a while and you're saying like it's been extremely difficult for me to put on more muscle you're exactly right (laughs) you're exactly right I feel you (laughs) feel you very hard it's more difficult for you to put on muscle during those times that's why you'll see people who have fine-tuned their nutrition and their in their training that if they want to build muscle they are going to put on body fat at the same time to build muscle because that's how that's how they have to do it well i was just going to say that that is that is when you get to a place where you're ready for that kind of fine tuning where you are have been at this for years you have figured out your formula and you are at a place it's a it's a very different place than a person who is just trying to get fitter and healthier so they can live longer for their kids and it's a very different person. Okay. Like most people do not need to fine tune to that point. Most people should just have a goal of getting to the gym every day, cooking the majority of their meals from as much nutrient dense food as they can. And that's going to be good enough. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we're looking at what you, what a healthy lifestyle looks like, I mean, I'll say this over and over. We don't develop unhealthy habits to get to a healthy lifestyle. That's not how, that's not how we get there. So if at any point you're looking at the habits that you're putting in place and you're questioning if they are healthy. So when you look at like, okay, I have this number of calories that I'm going to eat today and it doesn't matter where they come from. Does that look like a healthy lifestyle for you. Like you think about that, you look at it straight up. It it is what it is. Does that register in your mind as healthy? Or on the flip side of that, if you look at your day and you say like, these are my, I get my energy from my nutrition and this is what a nutritious diet looks like for me. Is that a healthy lifestyle for me? So like looking at those two paths and saying like, my goal is health 
My goal is health always. Which path am I going to take? You know where you're going. Yeah. And just remembering that there is no one path, like you said, there are so many different paths and every person just naturally their path is going to look different because of their age, their genetics, the all kinds of factors that we've talked about, their hormones. And I just think that the really important thing is to never put anything in a vacuum. Yes, you your body can absolutely chew gum and walk at the same time. And it's appropriate to think that it can. And I really just want to highlight, you know, if your goals are a healthier lifestyle, absolutely 100%, you can be losing fat and gaining muscle simultaneously. You can be body recomping and moving towards a healthier lifestyle without being in a tremendous calorie deficit. You absolutely can do that. And I want you to know that not only can you do that, but you should be doing that because it's just going to aid in your metabolic rate being much, much healthier for the remainder of your life. That's what our goal is, right? <laughs> That's what our goal is to, to maintain a healthy lifestyle. All right. I hope this podcast was helpful for you guys when it's looking at what you're going to do in the gym and how your nutrition is going to affect that and vice versa because <laughs> they are always working together. I'm just the calories in, calories out people are going to come for us on this one. It happens all the time, but I just, I always go back to this one part of the the calories in versus calories out is that like, if your goal is strictly to lose fat by decreasing your calories, that's the only thing that you're going to do. Like you're just going to keep going back to that and it is what it is. And is that possible? Yes. 100%. Okay. So the conversation is over. Yes. 100%. But this podcast is about health. So we're going to talk about what's healthy for your body in this podcast. Well, I mean, that's your shield. So I guess <laughs> we're ready for him. Bring it. We love you guys. Shield up. This is about health. We love you. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, get in our free app, CVG Nation, available in your app store. We have an amazing community of women, coaches to help you with your movements, challenges, and we give away leggings daily in there. Rachel and I are in there every day, so it's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. Have an amazing week. Crush your goals.